Our second reading today comes to us from the Gospel according to John, chapter 19, verses 1 through 16. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. And according to that law, he ought to die because he is claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him. And the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be the king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. That was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to be crucified. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Today we continue our Lenten journey towards the cross. And as we draw closer and closer to Good Friday, we get closer and closer to the cross. And today we see Jesus' trial continued. We see him before Pilate. We see the give and take between Pilate and Jesus and Pilate and the Jewish authorities. And when I first read this passage, and truthfully the passage last week, I came up dry. This seems to be very narrative, which is kind of funny because it's the narrative lectionary. So you'd expect something narrative to, to tell a story. But as I started digging deeper into it, I noticed the power struggles in this passage. 
You would think that Pilate, as the judge, as the Roman authority, would be the one in power. You would think he'd be the one in charge, the one with the final say. But our passage last week and our passage this week portrays Pilate as actually very weak. As possessing very little power. As giving in to the whims of whatever pressures he is facing at that time. And I noticed something else. In this passage, Pilate is a man who is very afraid. He is afraid of everyone. When he first brings Jesus out, he puts the purple robes on him, the crown of thorns. He brings him to the Jewish leaders and says, here is your king. I have found no case against them. And the Jewish leaders say, we have a law that he should be put to death because he claims to be the son of God. And Pilate, in fear of the Jewish leaders, changes his mind and takes Jesus back inside. And Jesus, or Pilate looks at Jesus and says, where are you from? And Jesus says nothing. And Pilate gets outraged. He says, don't you want to answer my questions? Don't you understand that I have power over you? I have the power to release you or the power to crucify you. And Jesus says, you have no power over me except that which comes from above. And Pilate is afraid of Jesus and changes his mind once again and decides to free him. So he goes back outside to the Jewish authorities. And he says, here is your king. I find no case against him. And they say, if you say this man is free, you, have no, you are no friend of the emperor. For we have no king but the emperor. And Pilate is afraid of Caesar. Of the emperor. And again he changes his mind. And turns Jesus over to be crucified. Jesus is afraid of the Jewish authorities. Jesus or Pilate is afraid of the Jewish authorities. Pilate is afraid of Jesus. Pilate is afraid of the emperor. And his fear drives him and his fear takes away his power. And he washes back and forth between decisions. I have the power to release you. I have the power to crucify you. Jesus says, no, you don't. You don't. You have no power except which comes from above. Jesus says, I know that power. And if we look over Christ's ministry, this is the perfect bookend. We see Jesus confronting the power bestowed by Caesar, by the emperor. We see the power that Pilate tries to wield so unsuccessfully. And this is the perfect bookend because think of how Jesus' ministry began. He was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And then he went into the wilderness for 40 days where he faced three temptations by Satan. And what were those temptations? They were to submit to Satan's power. They were to follow Satan, to follow the devil, to follow the whims of the world. 
to produce bread for himself, to produce safety for himself, to claim power from the devil and not from himself. Jesus' entire ministry has dealt with power. The power of the Pharisees. The power of the Sadducees. The power of the society that scorned the woman at the well. That scorned the adulterous woman. That turned their back on the lame, the poor, the needy. And Jesus has confronted that with his own power. The power sent from above. The power of God at every turn. It's been a study in power dynamics. And how Jesus has used his power. And as followers of Christ, it's important to realize that we all have power. Every one of us has power of some sort. Yes, some of us wield greater power than others. Some of us have more authority. But there are ways in our lives which we can all show power. The ways we can use our power. There are ways in our lives we submit to power. This past Wednesday, thousands of high school students across the country walked out of their classrooms. They did so for a very variety of different reasons. As many students as there were, there were probably that many reasons. But they all had one theme. They were tired of the gun violence in school. They were tired of reading their uh, fellow students being shot in their classrooms. And through doing this, these high school students found their power. These, pow- these high school students were the, the subject of all sorts of news stories and, and uh, television stories. And, and we all heard about this and we all knew about it. They found their power in their numbers and in their voice. Now, rightfully so, most of these students are being punished. They walked out of class, they should be punished. But they are willingly submitting to that power. Most of them have detention. That's been the fairly standard uh, punishment I've read. There have been some other punishments, but most of them have detention. But what would happen if they said, we're not going to submit to that? And they just didn't show up. They'd be saying, you have no power over me. As a parent, I live in fear that Hannah will come to this realization. <laughs> We've come close a few times. Go to timeout. No. <laughs> go to timeout. No. And it becomes a battle of the wills because we could tell her to go to timeout. And as her parent, we have power over her. But what if she refuses? All right, we'll go to your room. No. She has the power that we let, that we have the power that she lets us have. But we all have power. Even little Hannah has power. Each of us have power. The question is, what do we do with that power? I was saddened this week to hear that all the Toys R Us story stores are closing. I remember growing up singing, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) I love that song, and I love the time my parents would take us to Toys R Us. 
and they're closing. And so yesterday, I, uh, we took Hannah to Annapolis, and we took her to Toys R Us. She had a little bit of, of money left over from her birthday. She had some money from the Tooth Fairy, and we said, all right, let's go shopping. And it was crazy busy. But I remembered going to Toys R Us as a kid and looking at the G.I. Joes and the Transformers and the He-Man action figures. And I loved He-Man. And if you don't remember He-Man, He-Man was kind of a, a nerdy guy. Prince Adam was clumsy, always tripping over himself. Until he pulled out this big sword that no one ever noticed and held it over his head and said, I have the power. And he turned into He-Man, the, the bulking hero. And it's that easy. We have to claim our power for ourselves. We have to say, I have the power and figure out how we have that power. And then we have to decide how we use it. In today's passage, we see power used two different ways. We see the power of Pilate, the power of Caesar, which is a power that threatens, intimidates, and shows strength. But we also see that power fail when confronted with the power of Christ. A power that shows service. Shows love. Shows helping others. And it's that power that overrides. It's that power that wins the day. Pilate has no power over Christ except what Christ allows him to have. And Christ submits to Pilate. Christ lets him send him to his crucifixion. Christ lets them put the purple robe and the crown of thorns on him. Because in doing so, he is serving others. He's using his power to help others. To redeem others. To save others. In the darkest days of apartheid, Desmond Tutu tried to organize a political rally. And the powers that be were afraid. So they canceled the political rally. So Desmond Tutu decided to have a worship service instead and filed into the biggest church in in, uh, St. Johannesburg. And people came in and, and the police and the military came in as well. And as Desmond Tutu was preaching, they started writing notes and taking note of people who was there. And Desmond Tutu stopped. And he addressed addressed the police. He addressed the military directly. And he said, you are powerful. You are very powerful, but you are not gods. And I serve a God who cannot be mocked. So since you've already lost... Since you've already lost, I invite you to come and join the winning side. You have power, but you are not God's. And we serve a God who will not be mocked. We serve a God so powerful that not even death could conquer. And we all have power. The question for each of you today and every day, the question for me each and every day is what do we do with that power? 
Do we wear that power like an iron fist? Or do we wear that power like a crown of thorns? Amen.